0: Well, we're glad you joined us tonight, and I've got a word that I believe is going to minister into your heart. But how many know this season can be frustrating? I don't know about you, but I've been a little bit frustrated, and I've had to watch what's come out of my mouth. There's been times I've verbalized that frustration. Now, when it comes to you and I, you know, sometimes we just mouth off. We just let words flow out of our mouth, and we don't really take stock of what we're saying. The title of my message tonight is Watch Your Mouth. Everybody just say that, watch your mouth. Maybe you're sitting next to somebody, just look them in the eyes and say, watch your mouth. You've got to watch your mouth. Our mouths are, are important. In fact, we've got seven openings in our head. That's right. Two eyes, two ears. Uh, and, but how many are glad? Two nostrils, but only one mouth. Imagine somebody having two mouths. I know some people speak out of both sides of their mouth, but thank God we've only got one mouth. Now, now, when it comes to our health, though, as a believer, just like in the physical, when you used to go to the doctor, if the doctor wanted to see uh, what condition you're in, they'd ask you to poke out your tongue, and they will put something on your tongue, and they will be able to measure your health. It's the same for you and I as Christians. It's like God says, hey, show me your tongue. Uh, poke out your tongue, because your tongue... Uh, displays the the life that you have. And the Bible's got a lot to say when it comes to words and what comes out of our mouth. In fact, I'm gonna give you some Proverbs here right now. Uh, Proverbs 17, verse 28, it says, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouth shut, they seem intelligent. How many have looked at a person before and think, man, they're a really amazing person. And then you had a conversation with them and, and your view has changed in that moment. You can seem really intelligent with your mouth shut. The next Proverbs says, Proverbs 13, verse 3 says, He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but who opens, his, uh, opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Yeah, We've got to guard what comes out of our mouth. In Proverbs 21, verse 23, it says, Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. There's some words of wisdom there. Shut your mouth and you'll stay out of trouble. Proverbs 15 verse 4, it says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. What are the words coming out of your mouth like? Are they a tree of life? Do they bring life to the environments that you find yourself in? Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those Who love it will eat its fruit. Uh, Right now, a lot of people don't like the taste of what they experience. I, I believe we're eating the fruit of our words. So if you don't like the taste of your life, maybe you've got to actually watch what is actually coming out of your mouth. Many people mouth off, maybe we actually need to turn our mouths on and consider what is coming from our mouth. Because what's coming from our mouth is often a reflection of what's going on in our heart. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. He says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, what's coming out of your mouth is just a reflection of what is in your heart. Now, as believers, I believe good things should always be coming out of our mouth. We should be speaking life, we should be bringing encouragement, we should see things from a different point of view. And because we see things from a different point of view, we should be speaking words that others don't speak. Because our words should bring bringing life to people. You know, so many words, so many people's words are words of defeat. It's amazing how many people can talk their way into situations and they can talk their way out of good things. It's like, I'm going to miss. How many know if you're about to take a shot and you think you're going to miss and you say you're going to miss, it's likely you're going to miss. You know, too many times we, we speak words of defeat and negativity And in the end, we, the fruit of those words. I wonder if we had changed our words, would actually change our experience. Uh, The Bible says that the redeemed of the Lord need to say so. It's important that as a church, we, we actually speak out what we believe. When it comes to our salvation, we didn't get saved by just believing in our heart. We actually had to confess with our mouth. And our mouth is really important when it comes to to this faith journey that you and I are on. How we move mountains is by believing in our heart, but we're gonna believe in our heart and not doubt. And But if we're to see the mountain move, the Bible says we're gonna actually speak to the mountain. So speaking is, is really important. And what comes out of our mouth is critical to life. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, one thing we're gonna understand, right? In fact, right now we're celebrating this Māori Language Week. Uh, I'm not very good with languages. In fact, I only speak one language, and some people would say I butcher that. But I get really impressed by people who can speak many different languages, like our Swiss pastor. I think he speaks four languages not not just one, two, three, but four different languages. I, I get amazed, you know, how he just crosses from one language to the next. When I first met him, he didn't speak a word of English. Uh, Dan Zeltner, he used to, as an 18-year-old, just just smile and nod his head, pretending he understood what I, I was speaking to him, but he didn't really understand. He went and did an internship at our, in our church in London, and now he speaks English as well. So I, I get amazed, you know. He marries Iwana. We see him marry a Romanian. He's Swiss German, and Iwana, uh, she speaks Romanian and English is about her second or third language. She speaks multiple languages as well. But for them to communicate, they don't actually communicate in their mother tongue with one another. Yeah, and you thought marriage was hard. You know, they commute in their second languages to each other, and and I, I get amazed at how they're able to do that. I think of our pastors in Germany. Yeah, you know, a German pastor, Jürgen Eisen, he, he can preach in three different languages. Somebody's saying, "Well, what's the big deal with that?" Well, the big deal with that is is. Is You can speak. A lot of us can speak a different language. Well, I can't, but others can. They can speak a different language, but what they're doing is they're still thinking in their mother tongue, and they're translating as they're speaking. So they're thinking in their mother tongue, and they're translating. But when it comes to preaching, here's the thing. You don't have time to translate. To preach in another language, you've got to actually think in the language that you're speaking. Do you know there's a lot of people right now you know, who are not seeing the kingdom manifest in their lives simply because they may be speaking the language of the kingdom, but they yet haven't changed their thinking to align with the kingdom. I wonder what would happen if all of us didn't just speak the language of the kingdom, but we actually began to think in that language as well. In fact, language is critical to culture. Right now in the world, there's 473 endangered languages. That's like oh, why well, I love what we're doing this week. And I pray that it has an effect on our whole society c- celebrating Maori Language Week. Because if you take away the language, you take away the culture. And it's the same in the kingdom. As, as there's, there's a kingdom language that you and I need to, to learn and be able to speak and, and begin, uh, be able to uh, even think in. Because the moment we take away that language, uh, we actually actually don't understand how the kingdom operates. And and today I want to talk about four languages that you and I need to be fluent in. That's right, four languages. Four languages of the kingdom that you and I need to be fluent in. Because we want to see the kingdom of God established here on earth as it is in heaven. Do I get an amen there? Now, we want to see His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And four languages we need to be fluent in. Now, many of us, if we've been overseas, you know, sometimes we go into different cultures and we just learn enough words to get by. You know, that's all right. You know, where's the bathroom? Where do I get food? How do I say thank you? We don't really speak the language, we just have enough words to get by. Some of us, you know, we learn languages at school. And so we can speak the language, but it's still a little bit clumsy and we've got an accent attached to it. Others of us, you know, we're fluent in other languages. Now, I quickly want to take you to a verse found in Nehemiah chapter 13. Because it talks about a group of people who had lost the language. In fact, it says, In those days, I also saw the Jews who had married women of Ashdod and Ammon and Moab. Now, one thing you've got to understand, the children of Israel were instructed not to marry women from other cultures because what would happen is is the men who would married these women would in in the end be led off to worship other gods. And and, and so here they had married women of Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab, and it says, and half their children spoke the language of Ashdod, and listen to this, and they could not speak the language of Judah. They could not speak the language of Judah, but spoke according to the language of one or the other people. You know, I really believe there's a lot of people right now who don't understand the language of the kingdom. And I believe the challenge in the season is actually for us to align our mouth with the kingdom, because many things can flow out of our mouth, negativity. Fear, worry, anxiety, defeat. But what we need to be fluent in is in the language of Judah, which Judah simply means praise. And if we can be fluent in that, we can actually see the kingdom of God break through into areas. You know, as a born again believer, the first language that we need to be fluent in is this language of praise. As a believer, this is our native tongue. When you understand what Jesus has done for us, how can you not praise? How can you not worship? If you experience anything good in your life, the automatic response, if it's overwhelmingly good, is you praise, you give, you give thanks. And a lot of people have lost sight of what God has done for them. And when you lose sight, it's amazing how that language goes from your lips That's why the Bible says that praise is perfected in the mouths of babes. Now, maybe you once praised God, but for one reason or another, now you're in a place where you've neglected your salvation. It's interesting, you know, after many years of serving God, you can think you've got to where you are today by yourself. And you can forget that that God brought you to where you are. And you wouldn't be where you are if it wasn't for God. And I believe the challenge in our Christianity is not just to speak this language on a Sunday every now and then, but but to let praise come from our lips all the time. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 34, let his praise continually be in my mouth. I'll bless the Lord at at all times, not just sometimes, but at all times. In the season, are you fluent in the language of praise? Praise is really important. Praise brings breakthrough. How we enter God's presence is with praise and with thanksgiving. Psalm 100, we enter His gates with thanksgiving and we come into His courts with praise. How fluent are you in the language of praise? I know a lot of people are fluent in the language of complaint. (laughs) They're fluent in the language of negativity. As believers, we need to be fluent in the language of praise. Second language that we need to be fluent in is we need to be fluent in the language of vision. The language of vision. Acts chapter 2 says this, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Will prophesy. A result of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is, is the words that come out of your mouth. They speak life into your future. The words of destiny. You know, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. You know, a language of vision. You know, I really believe God wants to unlock vision in people's lives. But what people don't realize is that every vision starts with a problem. Here's the deal, no problem, no vision. A lot of us right now, we're looking at our problems and we're speaking about our problems. But instead of speaking about our problems, maybe we need to speak God's purpose and God's agenda into those problems. Because I believe God's word is more powerful than our problems. A lot of people are telling God how big their problems are. We need to tell our problems, how big our God is. See, it's easy to be getting in a place where you end up describing your problems, speaking about your problems. In fact, a lot of us want to get other people to sympathize with our problems. Yeah, and we're speaking about our problems, but there's no answers there. I believe as, as Christians, we're there to bring answers to our world. And that comes from a place of being able to see, being able to have vision. Yes, we're locked down right now, but God's got a purpose in the middle of this lockdown. And we can speak about what's going on. We can complain about this and we can complain about that. What's not happening over here? What's not happening over there? Or we can get God's vision. Come on, what what does God want to release into your life? Where do you need to have your eyes open? Because if your eyes could see, then your mouth could speak. And we need to prophesy Into our world. I believe one of our roles as believers is to be the greatest problem solvers on the face of the planet. Come on, whatever place you're in, at work, at school, you are there to bring kingdom answers to that place. How fluent are you in the language of vision? I find many people are still good at describing their problems, you know, talking about their problems, getting other people to sympathize with their problems. But let's be people who don't just highlight the problem. Let's be people who bring answers in Jesus' name. Third language that we need to be fluent in is we need to be fluent in the language of initiative. The language of initiative. You know, as a pastor, you can get many people coming to you with good ideas as to what the church should be doing. Oh, what's the church doing about this? And what's the church doing about that? I love the fact that at Equipers, we have this expression, we are who we are. We are who we are. Uh, What that means is we are corporately who we are individually. A lot of people want the church to be something different corporately to who they are individually. But we are who we are. Oh, what's the church doing about that? Well, the only place you should say that is the mirror. Because what are you doing about it? You know, when it comes to solving problems, we are the answer we've been looking for. The answer is not outside of us, the answer is in us. I believe, you know, as we begin to take responsibility for our world, is then and there we see God's provision, is then and there we see God's answers unlocked. And, and it's in, in that initiative. A lot of people are going, Here I am, God, send him, send her. But we need a people who say, Here I am, God, send me, send me into that mess. Send me into that hard situation. God, you are with me and I carry you into that setting. And as I bring you into that setting, I know you're gonna give me the words to speak. I know you're gonna come and do what only you can do. But I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna trust you. See, that's the language of initiative. I really believe God's not looking for a people to sit back at this time. I believe God is looking for a people to step forward. Where do you need to step forward and say, God, you can use me? Come on, just even some of you during this time, you've thought about people in your world and their names have come to your mind. So many people let names come to their mind and then that goes straight out of their mind. But when a name comes to your mind, I want you to believe that that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And I want you to do something with it. Maybe it's just as simple, man, I'm gonna do something with this. I'm gonna text them. I'm gonna encourage them. And I'm praying that God would use those words to minister into their setting and their situation. I found as I've done that over the years, God's unlocked amazing things. Because He knows all, He sees all, and then He knows what people need right at the right time. And it's for you and I just to cooperate with Him. Come on, let's not be a people who... Sit back. Let's be a people who step forward in the season. You know, a lot of people, they need to. Oh, they need to. What are they doing about it? You know, they, they are saying. I found it a big they is one or two people normally. But what we need to do is we need to take ownership for our words and we need to put weight behind our words. And for us to do that is for you and I to take initiative. I know right now there's a lot of podcasts you can listen to but the greatest thing a Christian can actually be involved in is the church because that's part of God's plan and purpose. A lot of people can criticize the church, say, what's the church doing about this? But God's called you and I to be part of the church. And you can listen to a podcast from another church, but what that's doing is just eavesdropping on another conversation. And I've found involvement trumps eavesdropping any day of the week. When you get involved, that's when you see things move forward. Which brings me to the last language that we need to be fluent in. So what do we need to be fluent in? The language of praise. Let His praise continually be in my mouth. We need to be fluent in the language of vision. We need to be fluent in the language of initiative. Which brings me to the last one is we need to be fluent in the language of others. See, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, it's amazing how your language changes from me my and I, and your language changes to we, our, and us. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. It's a subtle difference, but it's an important difference it's because many people, you know, can be saved, can know Jesus, but still it's about me, my, and I. But when you're filled with the Spirit, there's a change in your nature when you recognize it's we, it's our, and it's us together. You know, you begin to not look at your own need. You begin to prefer others when you're filled with the Spirit. You begin to lift up others, encourage others, bless others. Right now, you may have need in your life. I've found God puts the answer to your need in the serving of others. And I like what Paul said in Philippians chapter 2. Verse 2, it says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being, being of one accord, of one mind. Listen to this. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let, let each esteem others, others as better than himself. Let each of you look out not for his own interests, but for also for the interests of others. You know, too much of our life can easily be centered on us. And I've found when my life's centered on me, I get overwhelmed. But as soon as I lift my head and put my focus on God and others, as I put my focus on God, it's amazing how my focus then turns to others. You know, then and there I find a release. I find joy. And guess what? I even find the answers that I'm looking for. So many people are looking to fulfill their own need, and they're doing things out of selfish ambition. But in this season, let's be fluent when it comes to the language of others. Let's be about others. Let's see how we can bless others, encourage others and lift others up. I don't know what's coming out of your mouth, but this is a little bit of a a check, check up, Uh, because we need to watch what comes out of our mouth, because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So many people go, well, it doesn't really matter what comes out of my mouth. I didn't really mean it. Well, here's the thing. When the words go out, you can't put them back in. And it's for you and I to take ownership of what comes out of our mouth because our words create our world. What world are you creating? Let's make sure, even in the space we're in right now, we're creating a world where the presence of God can come in and where He can make Himself known to people's lives. Let's create a world where people are seen beyond their circumstance. It's not people who just describe problems. In fact, let's be like David who looked at his problem. His problem was Goliath and he spoke it to him and he said, I come against you. You come against me with a sword and a javelin, but I come against you. I come to you on behalf, on behalf of the Lord's armies. He realized he had heaven's backing and he said, today you're not gonna defeat me, but I'm gonna defeat you. Some of you have got Goliaths in front of you and you feel like you're gonna be defeated. But I wanna say with God on your side, you can cut off the head of that giant. In fact, I like David's word. He said, today I'm gonna cut off your head and I'm gonna feed your dead carcass to the birds of the air. Some of us need to get that that godly confidence in us that that just says, man, with God on my side, if God be for me, nothing can be against me. And I wanna encourage you today, God is for you. And He's backing you. And as we align our mouth with His culture, we can see His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hey, we're praying for you and we're believing for great things in the days ahead. I believe as equippers, we're living in a great time and God is moving even in lockdown, up and down this nation. You know how new initiatives are springing up and people have got a hunger and a desire to see God do something significant in and through their world. This is not a time to sit back. This is a time to step forward. And I believe it starts with what comes out of our mouth, the confession of our mouth. How about I just pray for you right now in this moment. I want everybody just to close their eyes where they are right now. And I want you to ask the question, as we often do, Holy Spirit, what would you say to me through this message? Maybe our words have been filled with negativity. Maybe they're being filled with hopelessness, defeat. I want you to take ownership for those words and say, God, I take ownership of those words. I don't want those words to govern my life. I want you to fill my mouth with life-giving words, words that bring freedom, purpose, and vision to my life. Come and fill my mouth. I believe the Holy Spirit is ministering right now. In fact, 15 times in the Bible where there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The manifestation of that of the outpouring was actually, it resulted in people speaking in different tongues. I believe God wants to fill your mouth with other tongues. He wants to build up your spirit. And right now where you are, I I believe the Holy Spirit is meeting with you. Holy Spirit, come right now. Fill every being, fill every life. Lord, we're hungry for you. And we want to speak your words because your words are spirit and they are life. And we thank you today, Lord, for what you've given us. And I pray, Lord, that you'd be lifted up. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone everywhere said, amen, amen, amen.